Hello and welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host of this podcast. I'm also the founder of NC Real Estate. That is the place where you as a landlord or property investor can come and build a profitable property portfolio that's a mixed use and commercial one that completely aligns with your goals. Want to find more about that? Head over to ncrealestate.co.uk to find out more. It has been some time, I know, and if you can tell by the sound of my voice, I am still rather hoarse. Um, I was traveling in the UK for two weeks and I got back and have just been so unwell since I got back. I think that is the sign that every time I go to the UK, I am not very well when I come home and it's just because the amount of traveling I did around the UK. It was phenomenal though. For all of you that I've seen, shook hands with, hugged, chatted to, oh my gosh, I had the best time. I was so excited to see you all. Um, Yeah, it was brilliant. It was so nice to see you all. So what I am doing today is, what you may have remembered is that NC Real Estate did a members club live event on the 8th of October in Manchester. It was phenomenal. It was so good to see so many of my clients. But I wanted to share a snippet of it with you. my team and I, so Caroline, Steve, Sam and I, did a Q&A about market and economic insights so that you know what's going on in the UK property market and the economy and what we expect to see and how you should be investing right now. So I want to share with that with you here. Now, in the next few seconds, that's going to start. Now, the recording is great when you can hear my team speaking, but just a word of warning, um, there are some questions from within the audience. They're a little bit harder to hear. We've tried our best with the audio, but if it's a bit funny, I do apologize. We didn't have any mics in the audience when we were asking them questions. But the insights you're going to get for this are incredible. So I want you to sit with a pen and paper and get ready to hear some absolute gold dust of information from my team and I about how we see the investment market going forward. Ah, right. Actually, quite a lot more than I was expecting. Hands up if you bought between 2008 and 2010. So the reason I give those dates is I think a fair few of you know I had a front row seat for the last financial crisis. I was rating, <laughs> rating CDOs. Who knows what a CDO is? Collateralized debt obligation. So I was rating those at Standard and Poor's in Canary Wharf, uh, and so yeah, I actually left in July '07, and everything started to go wrong away, really. But we all knew it was coming in 2007. I was then made redundant from my media job in 2009. So I've been telling my wife for two and a half years since they locked everyone in their house. You watch what's going to happen. I, I explained to her exactly what was going to happen over what period of time. She didn't believe me until she saw it on the BBC News a few weeks ago, but. There is nothing new here. This is economic cycles. Uh, this is what happens. And a huge amount of people will do very well over the next couple of years. Or is it wait until there's blood in the streets? Uh, most of these, I think, are Warren Buffett. So the other one, be fearful when others are greedy, greedy when others are fearful. Uh, when the tide goes out, you see who's been swimming naked. Uh, all of these things, there's, there's just so many metaphors. Um, and they are all going to play out. And there'll be a huge amount of people panicking and hopefully everyone in this room and the rest of the members will not panic because there is no need to, right? Take a long-term view. You're not going to be able to do many flips probably, 
But if you are buying well and holding for the long term, the long term investment horizon, you will do very well over the coming years because it's no different to what's happened before. It's just for a different reason. So Lorenzo, I think you've got some questions which will then just focus a bit of that starting point. Yeah, absolutely. So we're running slightly behind schedule. So I think we're looking at about about 25 minutes to, to get these out. So yeah, so, so the first thing is um, what, what lessons can investors learn from the 2008 recession uh, that they can apply now to this situation? Yeah, so was it you make your money when you buy, uh, I think, right? So if you are, there are going to be a huge amount of people panicking. There's going to be so many people. They've suddenly seen the, in, the interest rates change. I know we're coming on to that later, but there's going to be all these things where some people are going to go, oh, crap, I'm going to sell, which is the worst thing you should do. But there's going to be a lot of people doing it. Um, so I think this came up, oh, I think, Bryn, I think you mentioned it on Thursday night or somebody's mentioned it recently. Commercial property is different to residential. You're not booting someone out of their house and you know, screwing up their family's life. This is a commercial purchase. It's a business purchase. It is very different. Um, and it's why we've been talking about NCRE heading purely in a commercial mixed-use direction is partly for this reason. We knew what was, roughly knew what was coming. And this part of the market, there will be a huge amount of opportunity. So the last recession, there was a credit crunch. That probably won't happen again because there's too much alternative, too many alternative lenders. Private investors could become your new best friends because if you're going to be charged 10% by a bank, you're going to have to jump through loads of hoops and then have it pulled at the last minute. Go speak to private investors who might, might want roughly the same return. Ian, you're one. Don't get into bed or don't marry someone you just met. Uh, so be careful with that. However, you're in a members club with about 80 members who are roughly doing what you're doing. If you want to share risk, you could JV. If you find people who are sat with money in a SAS, but they just can't find deals, they're going to be within the group, a lot of them. And they're trying to do the same thing you're doing, and they're not panicking as well. So some of those relate to 2008. Some of them are unique to current times. Mm -hmm. I think I'd also add to that is you don't necessarily lose any money until you sell. So if you've bought a property, don't look. 12, 18 months down the line, look five, 10 years down the line. Because you may be in a pickle-ish now, but you don't know where it's going to be in later on down the line. Particularly if I go back and look at the asset class that I like the most in commercial, which is industrial, if you go and have a look at yields and, and rents on industrial properties like 10 years ago and look at where they are now, they are actually now one of the, the most hot asset classes and they were laughing at shared agents in the past like oh you're only letting your building for one pound fifty that kind of thing the rental growth we've seen there in the last couple of months we're seeing in Birmingham particularly on smaller stuff in excess of ten pound so the rental growth is pretty big but ten years ago that wasn't the case mm -hmm. and certainly one thing that I saw during the last recession was the landlords who kept their calm and we would talk to the tenants and we would make sure the tenants were doing okay. That was where landlords came out the other side. We had tenants that were paying rent. We had very limited arrears. Yes, the buildings dropped in value during the recession. And the reason being, commercial property was seen as more risky. Um, a lot of the banks were saying, we are not valuing at those lower yields. Something that we're seeing right now even, to the extent that we can have valuers go out and do valuations on the properties that we're buying and the bank won't lend at that value. And that's because 
they are really adverse to risk. But then what we saw, you know, 2011 to 2014, the value of these portfolios went through the roof. And so at that point, the investors had good quality properties to sell. They didn't think that they could add any more value. They were just riding on the wave of the increase in the property market. They'd held on to these great tenants and they sold. And one of my clients went up and bought the whole of Woolwich High Street with one property that we sold after <laughs> after the pan, uh, not after the uh, recession in 2008-2009. So now's the time to be buying opportunity pro- properties. But yeah, you're probably not going to make as much money as we were thinking that you were 12 months ago, 18 months ago, right? But we hold them and we make sure that they're working and we make sure that our tenants are okay. And when we get through the other side, you will be the investors that come out on top as opposed to everybody who's making rash decisions and are not sure what's happening. You've a really good point there. So I've said this a lot, property is a people game. So it's not just about people in the market that you're working with. It's your tenants. It's about relationships. You're buying the building and the contracts. And don't forget that relationship as well. Sometimes they get a bit wobbly, but if they do, there is give and take. So work out what can happen. If the tenant is struggling, dialogue is key, communication is key. Face-to-face and on the phone works way better than emails. So make sure that relationship is top. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, there might be a couple of overlap kind of questions, but you guys can... Okay, so... Um, this might have been mentioned, but what strategies are going to work over the next 12 to 18 months? I think um, I'll just add to, I think, what Caroline said. Um, For us, um, I was in agency during 2008, um, and I think the communication is absolutely paramount, um, particularly with commercial tenants. Go out and have conversations. Um, Three key words, if you you want the sort of buzzwords for me, were fair, firm, inventive. so be reasonable, be firm with tenants that are in trouble, but also be inventive and work collaboratively. If you've got a tenant that's in situ, for instance, sit down and have a conversation. Can they assign? Can they sublet? Um, are there parts of their business that um, you can work with them? In, treat it as a partnership effectively. Um, you want their business to work. If there's anything you can add to that relationship by diversifying their business, by allowing them to assign, by subletting, looking at additional tenants in parades where you can cross-pollinate. Um, I think that's really, really important. Regear the lease, um, give them opportunity now, talk about deferments of rent, put in, put in strategies in the background that can also help you, you know, guarantors, um, personal guarantees, um, yeah, that sort of stuff. I think it's about collaboration is really, really important. And strategy-wise, Stephen, just given a brilliant example, right? So things change. Sorry, things change in commercial. Um, the high street is dead. I, I always love that phrase because <laughs> it's like, well, it, it might be, but what are you going to do about it? So if if it is dead, how can you think differently to everyone else to create an opportunity out of that? Steve, Stephen's example is absolutely brilliant. I love it. Um, Carol and I last night was it? No one uh, registered the domain narrow space um, because when we were chatting about Caroline's new narrow boat, I was like, huh, I wonder if you could do CMOs on narrow boats. <laughs> Yeah. 
So I don't, I actually have no idea, but um, I haven't seen any. And if you can divide that up and, and into units and you could have a bit of soundproofing, maybe to have a boardroom on a narrowboat. Um, I don't know anyone else who's done it. So um, <laughs> that was just, I hadn't even been drinking. I'm not drinking at the moment, but th there's always opportunity. And I think the thing, I think that came up and maybe on Thursday with Ian's as well a bit, there are so many things you can do in commercial. There's so many. Natasha just bought this phone box. There's like, there's so many things you can do. Um, so just think creatively. There's always opportunity. And also going back to the high street is dead. So um, Rach and I walked around Manchester today to do a bit of reminiscing on uh, earlier times. And the only shop that's actually vacant is the Debenhams unit. And I was surprised about the amount of people wandering around with shopping bags. People are still shopping, regardless of what you see in the news. And I, I have to say, when I got off the plane for the UK into the, at London Heathrow, I was led to believe from news outlets that we'd be wandering around like Shaun of the Dead, you know, with everybody just absolutely terrified about the fact of impending doom in the UK economy. But people are still out spending money. Yes, they're probably going to be a little bit more reserved about it, aren't we all? We're all constantly checking how much electricity we use, how much uh, gas we're using. That's absolutely fine. But there are people that are still out there shopping. And today, you know, what was it? Quarter past 10 on a Saturday morning and people had bags and bags and bags of shopping. And that made me think that the high street isn't dead in certain locations, but then we have to go back to thinking about tenant mix. You know, what are we putting into units which make people come into properties? And if you've got multiple units, how can one tenant bring a client in, that client then use all the other units as well? If you start thinking about that, all of a sudden, you have got a cohesive, a cohesive structure of commercial property that all works together. And so everybody in your building is making money from um, the services that each of them bring in. And that's what we're going to have to look at more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, Ivan's a great example this morning, right? So we went, a handful of us went to Ivan's. The first thing I did was look down the whole list of what businesses are in there. Yeah. So now I've got to know Manchester a bit more. I know that that is a bit of a trendy upcoming creative area. No surprise, it's digital marketing companies, web design, other creatives. I can't remember exactly who. What was it? The YouTube Football yeah, Club? Yeah. Uh, like, brilliant. But what, what did you say, Ivan, it used to be? It was people who made belts and people who... Yeah. What we need to remember is our life, I've said this on the last Members Live event, our lives have substantially changed in the last two and a half years. Of all our ways of working, ways of living, ways of communicating have changed. And real estate hasn't quite caught up with it yet, in my opinion. And going in and seeing what Ivan's done in, in his space is re was really good. And I said to you, I really like this product because it's appealing to the new ways of working. And I remember having a big argument with my friend's wife in COVID. And she was saying, the office market will be dead forever. People are not going to go back into the office. And she was saying that how stamp duty relief on residential was the best thing that ever happened. And my opinions on that are completely in reverse. The office market is required. 
how on earth are we going to train people? How are we going to train the next generation of people if they don't have face-to-face skills? If all the things that they've ever done is through a computer screen. We can't, we can't live like that. We don't live like that. The world is a people place. So there is a, we, we just need to change our way to reflect how it, it's going. So you're right, particularly on retail, it's destination. We want experiences. We want nice things. We've, we've been in, in, I've been cooped up in a flat for two years. I want space. I want freedom. So I think we need to look at assets that now work with the new ways of life. Radio, um, the last question, um, it's kind of a bit of a two-parter, but um, uh, what do you guys think is now the right time uh, to be investing? Should investors wait until the market drop and uh, the market drops? And what are you seeing in general with property prices? It is literally impossible to time the market. Time in time in the market, this is Buffett's, right? Time in the market is better than, or is better than timing the market. Uh I've invested in crypto a little bit over the years. I've, I've sort of flukily sold at certain times when I just lucked out, basically, but then stupidly didn't buy at other times. So anyone who thinks they can do that, they're either super lucky, you've only ever done it once, uh, and that's the only one they tell you about, but not the ones that went horrendously wrong. Um, yeah, or they basically haven't been doing it for long enough um, to understand. So this is why you know the SaaS side of things has become such a big thing with us because people tend to be looking generationally. So you're not looking at a one year, you're not looking at five, you're possibly looking at 20 to 50 if you've got your kids involved or that's a long, long-term plan. So was it our, our favorite phrase on, I think, one of the Q&As or something is, the best time to bought something was 10 years ago, the second best time is now. Yeah. One of the things I do want to say is, in how to buy your next commercial property on the Members Club online area, I have been teaching you all and all of us have been saying, keep all of the deals that you've looked at in your Trello boards. Now is the time to go back through those Trello boards and email everybody. See what's happened to those properties. We have had so much come back to market over the last couple of weeks um, to the extent that Lorenza and Nicola spend most days sifting through the properties that have just come back to market because um, mortgage products have fallen over or people are just too scared to keep going. Um, We're seeing less and less people go to auctions because they're not sure what's going to happen. You know, there are so many opportunities right now. So if you have been out there consistently in the market this year, searching for things, please go back through it all. Email agents, say you're still there. You know, they may come back to you and accept those lower offers. Caroline Borg, you've uh, you've had that happen in the last week. A, a property Caroline offered on, what, how much less than it was on the market for? Yeah, they came back this week and said that um, they'd accept that or they'd consider accepting that if you still wanted to go ahead and you put that offer in in August. Yeah. yeah. Um, And we're seeing that in multiple places. Um, And so the market is dropping because people need to sell quickly. And so they are accepting lower offers. And I would say that that is how we're seeing the uh, market change. Yes, mortgages are more expensive. They are more expensive right now. But then think about it for the future. As Steve's saying, are we holding these properties for the long term or are you just trying to make money in the next six to 12 months? If you are, we can't, no one can guarantee that you're going to make 
much money in the next six to 12 months if you're trying to, um, you know, buy and increase the value um, very quickly. Yes, on some deals, we are seeing that. And we're still seeing that we'd be able to do that. But we're also seeing that over the next five to 10 years, if you've got buildings that we can keep reshaping, you're going to be able to just keep adding and adding and adding. Um, And so, yeah, now is still the right time to be investing and we still would be moving forward a bit. And we're just churning through more and more and more deals. I was having a discussion on Thursday with a valuer and they're getting nervous purely because of the base rate change. So property yield can never be below base rate. So yields have shifted and properties have dropped in value on their book value. And whilst that will make people nervous, the rental is still coming in. So it depends exactly how that deal is financed. And I bang on a lot with price versus worth. At the end of the day, what I pay for a property, Natasha might not pay for it because it doesn't stack up for us personally. We've all got different situations. So I think now's the time to, and I really liked Steve's like checkpoint when you did your chat earlier, I really liked that. And one thing that I took away from that as well is knowing your market, you know where you live. We, again, we've banged on about this as well. Make sure that you are knowledgeable in your local area and find something that works for you. And if it doesn't work, move on. And Caroline's example, bang on, it might work work two, three months later. Also, if you've got the money there, what else are you going to do with it? If you're ready to invest that money and you find a deal today that works for you, why would you not invest? But 50% didn't sell, and five were pulled just before the auction. Yeah. Two thirds of Benmore's auction didn't sell. Yeah. It's, it's, there was another auction this week where about 40% didn't sell. Yeah. And that was in the northwest as well. It's, yeah. 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 Can I offer a, a build on your uh, comments there? So I can see a real opportunity for fellow investors in here at the moment, because we're at a point of inflection. There's been a bit of a tectonic plate shift, and loads of news is bad. Don't listen to it, right? Because they thrive on irrationality and fear. And with yeah. that irrationality comes opportunity. And if you are sitting in cash, I mean, I, I've been phoning you in the week, something 30% under what they're asking, basically because the guys have developed an office up, it'll be empty, and then you get off a bridge to pay the you know, investors back or whatever, and they'll walk without profit just to get their money out. Uh, you can see people shitting themselves by the language, but you know, they're starting to get really money. You just take a longer term view on it. And I, I think there's real money to be made in that, particularly in commercial space, as they get worried about refinances. And your point about yields going north is absolutely spot on. But what are you getting in? It's the cash flow that we're really interested in mm-hmm. as investors, and particularly those with pensions. Um, it's your return on the pension money that's sitting there that's really important if you're on leverage. Yeah, yeah. agreed. So. Brent, did you want? Yeah, I'd like to just a couple of points that we've actually discussed at Sash Northwest the other day. I mean, I'm, I'm not a calculator on me. But yeah, okay, because the interest rates have gone from 5 to 8, if the property price has gone from 600 to 450, not only is your 30% deposit an awful lot less. Then you're also borrowing a lot less. I mean, you can quickly work that one out and calculate it. The other thing which looks fascinating is your economic background. 
get the discussion of how do you think they can maintain base rate at six percent? And I think well, the Justice and Finance expert as well. But less than two years is what the country will be bankrupt. So you might have to get a thirty percent discount on property now, but in two years it's back into six hundred thousand quid just because you've got the balls to buy it now or the cash is being said. And everybody else is is, is scared and it's the one of it. So that's well worth yeah, I'll quickly add to that because I think it was on. Um, I was it on. It was on one of the Thursday nighters, maybe that I started with it. So I, I don't know what people follow. I don't know what you read, but the 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 government, well, the US and the UK especially, have printed a crap load of money. Right, the, the QA has been going bonkers for for years. Now they don't ever pay back the capital. They roll the capital, but they have to pay the interest. So if that and their their sort of average term on those bonds is is not actually as long as you probably think. I think it was three three years on average for the UK. So quite frequently they're having to pay that interest, which is tens of billions, right? Now if the interest rate goes up, they also have to pay that interest rate on those bonds. So there will be a point at which they can't go further unless they want to be the first country to go bankrupt. So the central bank could essentially just keep going with that. It's, it's pretty scary in the long run. But in the short term, again, no crystal ball, but it feels to me like there will come a point where the base rate will have to kind of stop. That means that inflation won't have been offset as much as it could have been. So everyone's just got to get used to the fact that inflation is here to stay. It's never going to be that 2% target they've had. It's never going to be that anymore. It's going to come up a bit, but the base rate can't go further. Um, it, it just can't unless they want to bankrupt. And when you think about their own personal incentive it's to get voted in again so are they going to be the person to bankrupt the country they will never ever work in politics ever again that to me is always why there will always have to be a solution and it it you know i don't think we're about to turn into venezuela or argentina or zimbabwe so if that's not going to happen it'll have to stop somewhere um and yeah brilliant brilliant point though yeah if you're looking at the cash return in your rent if you're looking at the cash that you're putting into a deal there's an offset, mm -hmm. which is a really bloody good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Incredible, right? I told you it was good. <laughs> Hopefully you've got some really good snippets of advice from my team and I about what we're doing and what we're investing in going forward. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you've liked this episode, please, can you share it? Tag me in it at Natasha C. Collins on Instagram or at NC Real Estate Limited. It would be great to see that you've listened to it and what your key takeaways are. Please also don't forget to rate and review. That really helps this podcast get broadcast further afield. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.